No Limit Texas Hold'em is the Cadillac of poker. You don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you. Oh, no, no, we don't use money in heaven. Comes in pretty handy down here, Bob. Oh, you just want a million? You're making a run at it, aren't you? Rolling up a stake and going to Vegas. Welcome to episode number 13 of When the Chips Are Down podcast. From living in a van, playing low-stakes cash, to battling in Bobby's room in Bellagio, I am Andrew Biking 19 Peeper. Yeah, yeah, $2,000 pod at one, too. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> Joined by my co-host and also best friend, Scott Stay Wild. So I shove eight, too, and he snap calls me with six, nine. Whether you've been at the tables for years or just now dipping your toe into the most complex game on the planet, this podcast should have something for you. What poker player hasn't watched Rounders and Mike McDermott jet off to Vegas and think, man, I wish I could do that? Well, this podcast is about a guy that did, a guy that is doing, and a guy that wants to do that, so hopefully it'll provide a lot of perspective into what all being a professional poker player is and what that looks like in today's day and age. Okay, rolling right into, let's play some cards. Don't tease me. Let's play some cards. Scott, how's your this week at the tables for you? Been on a uh, three-week downswing, essentially. And cashed three out of four tournaments this week. Two min caches, so but you know, still glad I cashed and then chopped first place for a pretty big, pretty big cash. So I was um, really happy with that. Can't can't complain. For for about three weeks there, I was wondering if I should just give poker up because I'm must have been the most horrible player ever, and then. You know, all you need is a good one, and then you uh, convince yourself once again that you know what you're doing. So <laughs> it's good <laughs> right. enough to keep me in the game. You <laughs> <laughs> texted me, chopped uh, that one heads up for like four or something, I think, and I was like, all right, finally. Yeah, I, I hadn't slept at all that day, and um, I wanted to battle it out for first, but we were even in chips, and I'd been playing for seven hours, and it was... 5 a.m. and I had been up since 5 a.m. the day before, <laughs> and I was I started to shake. You ever been so tired you just start to shake? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like my body was starting to shake, and I was like, "Man, I'm cool with the job." <laughs> He's like, "All right, yeah, that's cool." I was like, "All right, let's do it." I'm, I'm if I try to play right now, my EV is just, it's not, it's not good. <laughs> so yeah, I was, uh, it was good, man. I was really happy. The three week downswing was, uh, was pretty tough. I know that we had talked about it some, I played pretty well for that downswing. It just, you know, I was getting hit my fair share of, uh, river variants and it's tough. And that's, that's what the game we signed up for. That's the risk, risk we knew we were headed into. How how was your week? Pretty good. Uh, well, it's, it's decent, I guess. Like, yeah, I played. I played a really big pot. Uh, one of the biggest pots I've ever played in a in a double board. Uh, bomb pot, and uh, at Poker House, and, and yeah, it basically ended up uh, making like top a, a top top full house on one board, and I just had like bottom pair on the other. And three ways, and so, and then oh, everyone was all in on the river. Uh, but me and me and me and another older gentleman, we were about like eight, we started the hand like eight hundred effective, and then this other 
kid had like 400. There's a pretty big uh, side pot between me and the other guy. The kid had like top two pair on one board and nothing, nothing on the other. And then the older guy had uh, a lower full house. So um, yeah, so I dragged like a $1,600 pot with that one, which is pretty crazy. And then yeah, yeah, $2,000 pot at one too. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> Gotta love Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh then I played in a uh played in a, a two five game home game that I the same one that I, I told you about uh earlier with the you know like the the chef and the waitresses and all that and that was just honestly it was a pretty tilting session really. I mean the guy had told me to get there at three thirty, that was when the main game started and it was like a one K buy in and one K buying for cash is like a little bit bigger than what my role uh, is comfortable with, but he's like, it'll be a really good game if you want to get in the main game. At first, I was like, all right, fine, yeah, let's do it, and I'll get there early. So, um, and then you also got like one hundred and fifty dollars in cash if you were well, uh, if you're like one of the first first five players to start the game. I was like, all right, cool. So I got there at like three twenty five, and then the game was already full. Although it wasn't exactly full, there, there was it was full it was full, but there was a seat open. Uh, but they were like saving it for like another another pro who was like coming later, and so that was that was kind of frustrating that I wasn't able to get to that game. And so playing this other like uh, other two five game, and uh, it just wasn't as good, and and people were coming and going. People weren't so not everyone was sitting like as deep, uh, and then just ran pretty bad. And that one just like lost, uh, uh, lost top pair like overcard, just like bare overcards that were just bluffing it off. And then he hit it on the river, and then, and then uh, lost uh, top two pair to uh, a river straight, and yeah, just couldn't couldn't get anything to go my way on that one, and ended up losing like seven hundred in the game. I I decided like unless um, and I probably it probably won't be something I do every single week, but unless I can. Unless I can play in that main game, uh, and uh, and buy in like for a thousand, and uh, and and play that, like I don't think it's probably worth it to to go. And then and then if you know, then if you're playing with you know more like fun players who are just buying in for like four or five hundred bucks in this two five game, the like every dealer change, which is every thirty minutes, they run these PLO bomb pots, of course, and you know the double board. But it's uh it's fifteen dollars mandatory, and uh and then they they take half of that as like the rake, and then they they, they rake hands on top of that, which is um a little bit egregious, but uh it's not crazy rake at that, but because of that, but yeah, so it's like comes out to like yeah, it's like fifteen dollars an hour in rake, and then and then um and then I think it's like five five percent at uh, like up to fifteen or something like that. Uh, yeah, just like the fifteen, like thirty dollars an hour in bomb pots, like quite a lot if you're not sitting like super deep. You know, that's like one hundred and fifty bucks over five hours. Yeah, you have to be in a really, really great game to be able to justify that. Yeah, so it's like you know, it's like yeah, it's bomb pots, and sure, like I'm gonna have an edge. Yeah, overall it's pretty good, and then and and end of the week, uh, pretty pretty well. Um, the TCH is running this uh, $800, $800 buy-in uh, 
500k guarantee mystery bounty tournament and mm. have you have you uh have you heard much about these it's like the newest like trend in poker is these mystery bounty tournaments no i haven't i haven't heard about them at all actually yeah so they they started they started doing uh this it was originally the world series of poker idea and then the win and then I think they're going to do it in like 2020 or something or 21, something like that. And it got canceled. And so the wind picked it up and mystery bounty is differs from a bounty tournament. And, and that, uh, for, for usually, usually they're always like pretty much uh day, day, they're usually like multi-day events. And so, uh, for the, for the, all, for all the, all the, the, uh, all of the first day, it's just a regular tournament, and there's no there's no bounties awarded. But then uh, on day two is when the, the 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 bounties start, and instead of it just being like a set um, amount for a bounty, like two hundred dollars or whatever, um, they they take the bounty prize pool and they divvy it up uh, uh, way differently. So there could be like fifty bounties that are two hundred dollars, and then you know, 10, bo- 10 bounties that are $500 and then there's like three bounties that are a thousand and there's one bounty that's 5,000 or something like that. So, oh, that's uh, interesting. They, so all these bounties are like in these envelopes, you know, like up front and then you get like a chip for like knocking or whatever for knocking someone out. And then you can usually go and go and cash, cash it in like any time. Uh, so, you know, there's like different like strategy like oh should you wait and like hope hope that you know more of the the smaller ones get drawn first since those are those are you know there's more of those or you know should you go and uh uh like right away since the biggest one hasn't been drawn yet uh before that gets drawn yeah so in this in this one there's there'll be uh it's a 500 gate guarantee so they ran it last year i guess which uh and there's like 75k for first and then they'll have the bounties they said will range from like a base level of two hundred dollars, like all the way up to like twenty grand. Wow! So, wow, that's so interesting. How, yeah, like I'm not even sure like what what strategy you do at that point, like because you're. Yeah, that's really interesting. Right. Yeah, I that, would, I would, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to think about. Uh huh. Yeah, no. Yeah, I would I would think that it seems like it it's always it would it would always be best to go right away. Um like that's the reason like why a lot of a lot of uh slot machines are like technically like some of the slot some of, like the slot machines like uh at certain points can like if they're like in the bonus or whatever like they can be like with like video poker and things like they can like technically be plus EV. Um, but they're technically plus EV or they're technically like 98% like return, whatever, because that's factoring in the times that you get a Royal flush, which is a, you know, pretty big jackpot. And obviously Royal flush is really rare, but like, if you take that away, then that percentage drops significantly. Um, so just like the fact that like the top prize would, the top bounty is still out there. Um, uh, I think that probably, that probably, like, I would think that would probably warrant like going up right away just for the opportunity before that, before that is gone. Yeah. Because there's no, there's no way to really 
to really figure out like which bounty is which like you just have to kind of risk it it also because you know you're hoping to even be in a situation where you can where that presents itself right yeah so if if the situation presents itself like you're saying really you kind of have to take that situation if you can take it i imagine is that what you would do uh yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, uh yeah, I, I've never played one before. I I I I'd I'd heard them uh I'd heard a lot about them, but had never played one and then yeah, $800 tournament is outside of the bankroll for for me right now, but they run satellites to them and they ran uh a $200 satellites where like one in five got a seat and then they ran uh some 240 satellites where one and four i got a seat and i i played the 241 just just mostly because they had they're they're making the same amount they're making like twenty dollars um and they're still taking twenty dollars from each of them uh for rake uh regardless so it was less it was less a rake to to play the 240 so so i just played that and and yeah won won my seat nice yeah there you go buying in for buying in for 200 eh Sweet. Yeah, so that so that'd be nice. So yeah, and then you could you could register like whenever you, for whatever flight you wanted, and so I registered for Saturday, which is the last flight, and I figured that'll probably be the largest flight. So yeah, you should. Uh, do you think you can get any footage of that or of that tournament or now? Yeah, uh huh. I think so. Yeah, that's one of like the cool things here. Like like. It's like pretty normal for guys like have the phones out and and like be like recording and stuff. It's it's um it's like so different from Vegas. Like if like I mean some like some casinos in Vegas like if you like like the dealers like won't don't even like like let let you taking a picture of like the hands or whatever. But um here like it's like pretty common for like guys to be like taking pictures or video making you know TikToks or whatever. Right. Uh, um and all the rooms are like really really happy with that. So I'm I'm pr- I'm pretty sore today. So <laughs> it's like, I'm you know, we're, we're we're out there. Yeah, we start yeah, getting getting to the gym more more for just <laughs> more for than just the showers. So <laughs> yeah, I started uh started this uh this training plan for uh for the uh for an, an Olympic uh, triathlon, which is coming up in June. Nice. So, I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to start exercising too. It's just I'm gonna be going on nights soon, and uh, I think that's that schedule will actually probably just be easier because it's the same schedule five days in a row, and the schedule I'm on now is is not like that. So I just can't. I just can't get a routine in this schedule mm-hmm. and it's really, it just throws off everything. But yeah, that sounds good, man. You, uh, you just got a little motivation, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, you know, no one's gonna, no one's gonna do it for you. So you gotta, yeah. I was just like, yeah. Like, Cause it's, it's just so easy to like, you know, like when you don't have like, something like hanging over your head uh and like something like you know you're really like driving you like it, it's really easy just to like kind of like just to take your foot off the pedal and like not not get as much stuff done as as you should be doing yeah no i bet it's 
that freedom that you have out there is, you know, such a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. And really, in your situation, like, you should, you probably should be using only 20 to 30%, and that might be a lot, honestly, to enjoy yourself, and probably the other 70 to 80%, like, you should be really digging in on every goal you want, because... Especially now that I'm married with, a, with you know, one kid and another on the way. Being single is just such an opportunity, in my opinion, to really make great habits and all your opportunities that present themselves. There, There's not another time in your life like it. So, but I, and you already know all that, I'm sure. But like you said, it's, you know, it's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to poker today. Like, I, you know. We'll make a few make a few bets. You know, we'll grab lunch. I'll go go hiking. Like, I have no overhead. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah, and that that, that was another good thing about. Uh, and hopefully, I'll have, hopefully I'll I'll finish up this uh, this next uh, vlog video um, by the end of the week and get another one out there. Uh, but yeah, like planning more videos and stuff about that. But yeah, there's um, but that, that was something that was nice about like you know like I put a video on YouTube and like I put out like what my goals are for the for the for the year and everything. So like that's out there and so like that's that that has like a little bit more like accountability and stuff and driving me to to kind of succeed and and to to meet those. Yeah, I think that's great for this uh, scooter cannonball thing that's uh in like the mid mid to late june mm -hmm. so uh that'll be that'll be pretty cool it's like just like a bunch of happens like every two years and it's just like a bunch of people that like um it's kind of like a motorcycle rally but it's it's scooters and you, they um the route changes like every two years but they it's like a bunch of people like meet on one coast and then they ride their scooters like across the country, uh, usually between like seven and twelve days, depending on the route and everything. So this year it's like eight days from like San Clemente, California, which is like just south of LA, to uh, to Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, so that'll be pretty. That that should be uh, pretty fun. There's no there's no like prize for any or anything or cash or anything for winning, but it is like a competition where they they like score you for for the different um days and segments and everything and then like your your scooter has like a handicap for like how new it is and what size engine it is so you know if you have like an older scoot scooter then then that's going to have like a better a better handicap than somebody who's you know on there on like a 2022 one but that should be a pretty interesting trip and should make some good some good cool videos for for that like james is gonna uh come with me and like support me with that and like the the van and everything just just because like that, that'll end up being like a lot a lot way cheaper and hopefully like it might even be we might even be able to like do it for like almost for free pretty much because uh because uh, you know, you obviously have to get your scooter, you and your scooter, to to California, um, and then you have to get it back to Texas, 
And so, uh, and then like they stay in like hotels um, every night. So, um, and it's like not cheap to like ship your scooter. It's like, it's like, it'll be like around like $1,500 just to ship the scooter uh, to California and to ship it back. And then if you're paying like $70 to $100 a night and, um, and hotels and, Plus, uh, I mean, gas and the scooter isn't going to be very much, uh, but um, then you're then, but then also like eating out for you know a week and a half or so, like all that's going to be like pretty expensive. Like it'll be like over like three thousand dollars to to do all that. Um, but if if uh, if you have the van and you can just put the scooter on the back and then just drive over to California and then have me ride the scooter and then have James drive it, drive it as like a chase vehicle. And then, and then you can not just like support me and like, uh, and, and, uh, just sleep in the van and save on hotels. But then like other, other, there's a bunch of other riders. Like there's, I think that there's a spot for like, up to like 250 riders or something. So, uh, so there's a lot of other people that that'll need like support and stuff, and not everyone has uh ha- has like a a truck or whatever to to help support them. So you can like sell out like spaces or services to like you can offer like to tow to tow people or offer to carry tools or tires or other spare parts for people, gas and things like that. And so you could like almost like offset offset your costs like maybe maybe entirely by uh by doing that so that's nice yeah that yeah sounds, so sounds cool yeah so that'll be a cool cool adventure yeah we'll get into the main event so ladies and gentlemen welcome to the main event and we kind of kind of works into what both of us have dealt with the the past uh cast past few couple of weeks of that's just like accepting risk and and accepting variance and and just recognizing like that's 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 part of the game that's part of what we do the minute you were born it got risky if you think trying is risky wait till they hand you the bill for not trying if you think investing is risky wait till you get the tab for not investing see it's all risky Getting married is risky. Having children is risky. Going into business is risky. Investing your money is risky. It's all risky. I'll tell you how risky life is. You're not going to get out alive. Somebody says, yeah, but I'm looking for safety and security. Fine, then huddle in a corner. We'll cover you with a sheet, bring you three meals a day. And we'll protect you, feed you, look after you, care for you. We won't let anything happen to you. And you'll probably live to be 100. The guy said, well, yeah, I'd live to be 100, but what a way to live. Right. What a way to live, safe and secure. Don't ask for security. Ask for adventure. Better to live 30 years full of adventure than 100 years safe in the corner. There is, I, was, I didn't play on the live stream, unfortunately, last night. I just got, got to, to the room too late, and it was already... It was already filled up, but there was this guy at the ta- one of the final hands of the night, and there was this pretty crazy like maniac at the table. Not crazy, crazy maniac, but he was 
he was he was willing to gamble, and he was like uh, he 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 overcalled in two uh, two all ends with uh, King Four suited. If that gives you like an idea, <laughs> <laughs> so he's 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 in there. <laughs> yeah, he ain't scared. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and so he uh, so he like limped, he like limped Ace King under the gun, and then you know, and it goes like call call, and then one guy has like pocket kings and. He makes it seventy, and then uh, and then it folds back around to the guy, the maniac with Ace King, who just shoves all in for like uh, for like seven hundred, and he just and the and this guy just like goes into the tank for like a few minutes, and he's just kind of like just like limp, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the limp looks shove. Like a, yeah, it looks like aces. Yeah, yeah. limp limp shove from another gun. Yeah, just looks. So much like aces, but you know the commentary is like, yeah, this looks like aces, but not this guy. Like you just gotta, <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta, you just shake your head and you just gotta put in, put in the chip. Like you just gotta say, you, you got it, you got it. Like that's it. Can't can't really fold to this guy, and uh, and he he eventually did find the call, and yeah, and and like almost like all almost all the I think like three of the aces were already dead, so <laughs> he only had to fade like one out. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, like he was just, you know, like, like that's a good spot of example of like, you know, like, you know, you got Kings against like a, a wild player, <laughs> you know, uh, you gotta, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, th- are they drawing dead? No, they're not, but, uh, <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, you you run this hand a million times and you come out way on top. So you just gotta you just gotta put <laughs> put the money in. Yeah, there was a uh, one of the guys I told you that I've been talking to while we play. He was texting me during a hand he was in and I wasn't in, and he told me what what he had. And he he basically had top two pair on a very dry board. What you know, pr- pretty static. wasn't dynamic at all. And he overbets the turn in the tournament, and I was I watched him do it. I'm like, I texted him. I was like, why? Why did you do that? He's like, oh, I don't want to get I don't want to get sucked out on. Like, I just I'll take whatever is in there right now. Like, that's good enough for me. Like, I I just can't get sucked out on. And we've talked about that so much. And you know, I know. Like, he's got. There's nothing to get sucked out on by. Like, what are you gonna get sucked out on by? (laughs) But he's not like he is not thinking like that. He is literally. He, I didn't realize that it can get to a point with people like that where they cannot consciously understand and look at the board and say, like, what's out there for me to get sucked out on by? Like, I I should be betting low here to get, you know, to target whatever small middling one pair of hands this guy's going to call me with that he's always going to call me with if I make it cheap enough. And. I just didn't realize, like, risk and variance really starts to affect your mindset over time, and people will play play against it to not feel that pain threshold that we have to accept, right? I mean, I mean, that's kind I, of what we're accepting is the ability to feel a a certain amount of pain by allowing variance to happen to us because we're trying to 
make the maximum value. We're trying to make the maximum play. We're not just trying to win a little bit. We're trying to, you know, have the maximum EV. But in doing that, that also creates <laughs> a, a pain threshold that, that sometimes hurts. It can hurt for three weeks or lo- or longer. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff that is just outside of your control and 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 it doesn't matter what you do or, or how you feel about it. It all you can control is your actions and 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 the information that you have at the current time. And so, I mean, that's going to result in you winning a lot of money sometimes and that's going <laughs> to result in you losing a bunch of money sometimes and you know, might not necessarily do anything wrong in that. And I, I said, you know, my, my, my dad is a big, you know, golf fan. And so I, that was kind of, I sort of related variance in poker to, to variance in golf. And, and there are some similarities that you can draw from that, you know, like the, the number one player in the world can, can just have a bad day and, you know, not make his, his big putts and, you know, two putt a lot of the ones that he should one putt and miss a miss a fairway here and there and he misses the cut for to make day two to the tournament and that's the number one player in the world like is he not the number one player in the world anymore because he busted the tournament when we stop and look at life and accept that that's not just at the poker table or at golf like that that's our daily life that that risk that we are achieving to you know do whatever we're doing driving going out we we just take it for granted because we have we've done it so often and nothing has gone wrong but honestly when you think about it you know i drive really far to work probably two and a half hours a day Mm -hmm. uh you know to Mm -hmm. and from work going 75 plus miles per hour in a car like doing that 200 days out of the year like it's it's I should get I probably should get into an accident. You know what I mean? Like it's unusual right. that 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 va- like that variance hasn't swung my way with that consistently happening. Like we would almost sure. consi- like at the poker table that's a complete anomaly. Sure, yeah. Um, but life is you know, life is not like that. And because we condition I think the human experience is to condition against variance, to con- condition us against against risk and being at the poker table is very difficult we value money we we don't want to feel pain we want to feel like we're doing things certainly correctly to to win and poker (laughs) poker throws all those natural laws that we experience on a daily basis out and say yeah like you did everything right but you're wrong (laughs) you're wrong yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah christian soto said something that really that i really liked up uh for for risk and and variance and you know we and just that like we we equate things that are rare to happen with things that shouldn't happen of and in our minds uh, and you know like pocket kings is going to be pocket aces 18 percent of the time which is a significant portion that's almost like one in five times that it happens and but we think that that's really bad and like that sh- that shouldn't happen and it's so unlucky but you know 
on the same scale. Like if if like the risk of of dying with under anesthesia was eighteen percent, then like hardly anybody would do that because that's way too high of a number. <laughs> yeah, it's a really high number. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's these and a lot of times when when poker players are are asking like oh well how how can i lower my variance and and how can i how can i stop you know, i just want to play like a lower variance style like how how can i lower my variance you know well they never ask that like when they're winning <laughs> 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 no. when you know when you're when you're up three binds in the first hour like you know you know you're not asking to lower your variance then like <laughs> <laughs> no, at that point, at that point, pocket threes look like pocket tens. You know, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, we're getting there, baby. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's so difficult. I haven't been playing as often as I've been playing now for for too long before this. So I probably have been in a probably a six month six month span of playing almost four to seven days a week at this point between tournaments and cash. And just the mindset that I've been going through of how tightly I used to hold on to the value of money. And I still I still value money very highly. But I've realized that the decisions that have to be made at the poker table, I'm not minding such the risk anymore. I got into a hand where I called, uh, I think I had... I had I had Jack Nine suited on the on the big blind, and I had seen a raise from the low jacks in a six-handed cash game. So I called, and essentially the board just ran out really low, where I had an open-ended straight, and I decided to just blo- you know I was go- I decided like no matter what the runout was here, like I'm just going to three-barrel bluff this board unless the run you know. Because it, at this point, it the with the open-ended straight and whatever he's raising with in that position, I'm like even if he has aces or kings, like if if I go for a check raise and I'm shoving in by the river, it's just going to be really hard to call what you know whatever he has over there unless he hit a set. And uh, I committed to that play, and uh, he he called me off with pocket kings. There's there's a full houses straights flushes on this board and he calls me he snap calls me with pocket kings and i i kind of for a second there i would have said man like did i did i just do something really bad and i my mindset was really surprising to me i just went no i think this is a really good bluff candidate like my ranges were, were probably good here like he just wouldn't let go of kings as far as i can tell like i'm okay with and i was completely okay with losing my whole stack there on that bluff it freaked me right. out a little. It freaked me out a little bit, because <laughs> you know I've probably about six months ago, if I would have ran that whole thing to you, I would have complained the whole time. And I said, I can't believe I can't fucking do a bluff in these people. Like they're so dumb, they're not noticing. Like I can't just keep losing buy-ins like this. And um, you know that's it's the mindset that you start to pick up on because it's plus it is plus EV. You know, certain amount of risk is what is needed in all of business and especially poker to succeed. And, and without right. it, without, without risk that we've talked about so much, you, you just can't, you can't succeed and you can't grow. Yeah, no, there's, yeah, there's, um, 
Yeah, one of my one of my favorite books by Michael E. Tenenbaum, who's a multi-billionaire and uh, investor, and he he wrote a book, and he he just titled it "Risk," and <laughs> and just 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 pretty much it was sort of like pretty much half autobiography and half half um ed- life business advice and. And just kind of like goes through his life and and his and career and everything, and and he was like, it's just like almost extreme. It's almost impossible. In like, I know very few people that you can't really look around at the world that we're in today and point out to many people that are wildly successful that didn't take on just massive amounts of risk at some point in their lives. Yeah, I. I don't know that you can. I don't know that you want to. Because I mean what comes with risk is 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 growth. Mhm. And I believe that if the growth is proper, it allows you to take on more risks but in a a way that's plus EV. Just like just like poker, you know, you start out and you you only know what you know, so you're only comfortable with X amount of risk. And the more you learn and the better your game becomes, that allows you to take on more risk for more maximized EV opportunities. And I really like the effect it's having on me in life because it it kind of is transitioning to where when something happens in life, it's not like, oh my God, something just happened again. Like the world's out to get me. I'm a victim. It's yeah, you know, I I accepted that risk for, you know, X amount of reward. And I'm willing to do it again and again and again because it's going to lead to me being a better poker player and a better person, hopefully a better Christian, a better friend, a better husband, dad, etc. And I don't know, I, I feel like it's addicting a little bit. Like once you start to accept risk, accept and accept your responsibility in in the equation of risk and variance because we do we do have some control you know we have a lot more control i remember when joe told me he goes you have way less control than you can imagine which i totally agree with but i do think the opposite is also true i do think at the same token you have way more control than you probably think you than you ever probably thought you could have right now you know and you don't probably you don't start there but I think the journey, I think that journey allows you to to have more control in in that equation than you ever thought possible. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and th- like this is something that like I talk with, like yeah, I've even discussed you know variance and things and risk with with James, who you know we we you know doesn't play, doesn't really play poker. Friend of mine for a while, and we ride motorcycles and and things together. And he, uh, and you know, he's had some friends of his that'll say like, "Well, why do you go on these big trips? And why, you know, wh- why are you, why are you going over here? And like that, you know, like what if you, you know, you're going on the tail of the dragon? And you know, that's like one of the most dangerous roads in America. And like all these, you know, people crash all the time on this. And just riding motorcycles in itself is really dangerous. And and he's like, yeah, no, there's like, for sure, like, there's, it's, you know, you, you can't say that it's not dangerous. Like, there's, there's certainly risk involved here, but, 
you know, also, you know, like a thousand people a year die because they slip in the shower. So there's a, there's an element of risk to, to taking a shower, but you still do it every day, hopefully. So there's, <laughs> so that, you know, there's like almost, almost everything in life. And, and I, I, I to- told one of my old friends from old peers from church about this. Cause he was asking some questions like, you know, he's like, Hey man, I see you're playing like a lot of poker. Like, you know, one of my, he's like one of my, like one of my uncles like lost like his house to like a gambling problem. And I was like, yeah, I was like, absolutely. Like every, almost everything in life can be a problem and really detrimental to you. If you, if you let it be, whether that's food or alcohol, drugs, you know, gambling, whatever it is, like you can almost have like too much of anything. Video games. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Church. Like, yeah. Like (laughs) almost anything is, um, yeah, it can be pretty bad for you, and and so I was I was like, yeah, I was like, every, almost everything in life is there's some form of variance, and and whatever you're doing, and and some percentage of the time things go really really wrong. Yeah, and I I don't want to sit on here and talk about this without any humility, um, because it's it's humbling. Poker is mm-hmm. especially humbling, um, when it com- <laughs> you know, when it comes to risk and variance, because I, I don't always play the, the hand correctly. Um, sometimes I play it really bad. Sometimes I, I make risks that I look back and I'm like, wow, like I was really misinformed about what was happening here and I played it really badly and I punted off some money. And, you know, you start to question, should I should I do that again? Like that was pretty stupid. And it's... It makes you take a step back and look at yourself and say, in whatever arena you're in as well, and, and not just poker, but in lo- in work or life and relationships, and say, what happens if I if I stop risking things because things could go bad? Uh, and I think that's probably one of the the scary. To me, that's way more scary than failing is to to not do anything to just sit there because when when you try to act like you're not going to do any have any risk that you're not you're not decreasing variance i would actually say you're increasing it increasing sure. variance because you're you're letting go of responsibility and growth and when you do that i think you take away all of your ability to have agency in the arenas that you're in and that's scary. It, to me, that's really scary. We, we've both seen that, I think, from people who, who think that they can just go through life and not, and not step into the arena and be okay. And they, they seem very lonely, very bitter, and, and they seem like they have no agency. And that's not what I would want for them, and it's not what I want for myself. But the process of taking on risk and variance is humbling and... I don't want to be, I don't want to sit up here on a soapbox and act like just, you know, you're going to fall, you could fall in the shower. So you might as well be yeah. like Andrew, Andrew <laughs> and go on like a cannonball, cannonball trip. Like that's not, that's not what I'm saying. Sure, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm sure. not saying that. I'm just saying that whatever arena you're in, and I, I'm grateful for that poker has taught me this is that to accept growth, to accept risk and variance, and they can all be very good things as long 
as long as they're in their proper context. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. There's. Yeah. Like that's why I have one of the, <laughs> one of the very few pieces of of art that I have I have in my van <laughs> is the is the man in the arena and you know and and it just end quote from Roosevelt and it just ends with you know and if he fails like at least he fails while daring greatly so his place will never be among those cold and timid souls who n- neither knew victory nor defeat. Yeah. And yeah, I just yeah, I just really like that. One of my um one of my favorite uh commencement speeches. What I've told you this, I'll I'll just probably insert the clip of it on on here. Um, to since he says it better than me, but it was uh from Jim Carrey. So many of us choose our path out of fear, disguised as practicality. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect, so we never dare to ask the universe for it. My father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that that was possible for him. And so he made a conservative choice. Instead, he got a safe job as an accountant. And when I was 12 years old, he was let go from that safe job. And our family had to do whatever we could to survive. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was that you can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Yeah, that's powerful. Uh, it's really powerful. We're young still, so we don't even realize what the effects of that, you know, is. I think when you hit, probably hit like his dad's age, and probably especially his age now, like you can look back and quantify like what the consequences of that decision is. But when you're young, you're like, okay, I'm safe. I don't. You know, this is okay. Like, this is okay. I always remember hearing people say that, like, hey, this is okay. Like, why would you do anything else? Like, this seems to be okay. It's like, well, because that's that's not good enough. Because <laughs> I don't want to be 50 and be, <laughs> be okay. I want to be 50 and I want I want to be the, the guy in the arena who tried. And even if I failed, like like Roosevelt said, it doesn't matter. Like, because I, I, I went for it. And, yeah. But it's, you know, and you don't get praise for that. <laughs> People who, <laughs> no, people who we, we prop up the people who succeed and they're usually, you know, they're not the biggest portion of, of people. Uh, yeah. Most of us usually just fail. And <laughs> you just look at people like that and like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just idiots, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, that's pretty good for, for the, the main, the main topic for the next one would be uh, catch these hands why did you throw me gloves? To catch these hands! Yeah! I don't know if you had a, a hand or something that you wanted to, get, to go over real fast. Yeah, I, I got one hand. This was funny. I'm playing, <laughs> a double, I'm playing a double up. I've probably got... There's four of us left, so the next guy out, you know, the, will be... Uh, he's on the bubble. So the top three will get paid. And I have the third largest stack, and the, the big stack is... The big chips are on my left. And he's probably sitting at about five thousand. I'm sitting at like seventeen hundred, and then it it goes a little less than that. Folds around to me, and I got eight two. And I'm like, well, it doesn't it doesn't matter if I have eight two here. Like, but the blinds are so high at this point. Like, he has to like he should be folding aces here because the 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 small the small stack he's got under a thousand chips. Like he's going to be out in two turns most likely. Like this guy has yeah. to fold. This guy has to fold everything. It doesn't matter. It'd be ridiculous. It'd be a horrible ICM. So I shove eight two, and he snap calls me with six nine. 
<laughs> wow. I was like, you, you son of a bitch. And he held too, man. I was, I was wicked pissed. I was like, oh, man. Maybe I'm just an idiot. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, that was probably a bad ICM move on my part as well. But I don't know. It's just been, uh, it's been fun lately. I've been really enjoying poker. I haven't gotten to too many spots that I could articulate uh, that I could see a problem with just yet. I'm not saying that they don't exist, but I've just been really enjoying playing and trying to see my spots for what they are. And I think what I might do is like start sending you some videos, like start start record trying to record some of these hands, and then mm. just timestamp them and send them to you and be like, hey, what do you think about this here spot? Yeah, I think that sounds good. Yeah, the, the one, uh, yeah, no, no hand like specifically, but uh, I guess there, there's like one, one. I think one part of my game, and I, this, I had this come up a couple times this past week where I, I didn't, I didn't do it, and I think, I think it's uh, something that I can start incorporating into my game at like a good when like a situation like it presents itself pot that no one is really fighting for like even in texas like you can get people to fold um you know like there was a hand like there's one two like we're 600 effective there's four limps i, o- I over limp like pocket threes on the cutoff the button raises a 20 you know big line calls you know so everyone calls um so like the flops like king nine six rainbow checks all the way around you know turns a four uh, brings in backdoor hearts, like uh, checks all the way around again, and then rivers are like a two hearts. Uh, so backdoor flush gets there, but like it's it's been checked every every street and we're like three ways, three or four ways, and and then so I just bet out like fifty here, and when it was checked to me, and like sure like pocket threes like has you know showdown, but you know we're like four ways here and the likelihood of like pocket threes being good it's like you know not uh is is okay but not multi but like multi weights it's definitely a lot less than it was than if it was heads up and no one has a value hand and people either miss or like they might have like third pair fourth pair and uh maybe second pair but like you know not, not all, all of which beats me but they're probably not gonna call a big bet here so uh you know, and I could I could definitely have, you know, just like a backdoor into a flush or something. I have, you know, I have a heart in my hands. So that's, you know, not nothing. And so uh, it was just a, a good spot, I think, to like take the take the pot away. And uh, so I think that's something that I, I can like start doing in my game a little bit more. I think there's just a ton of value in that, especially if people know that, you know, you're a regular and um whether they see you as a tag or not. I think that spot is always under bluffed. You know, not just not a lot of people bluff rivers. And I yeah. think there's just way more more value in turning turning a, a hand that has some showdown into making it a you know a stronger bluff candidate. I, I think it presents a lot more EV um, in the long run because everyone knows, like you know, everyone just says it. He's like, well, if he's bluffing, if he's putting that much in on the river, like no one ever bluffs rivers. 
people mm. hate calling rivers. They'll call the fl- they'll call all the way down to the turn and then they'll just stop. But there's not a lot of guys that will will see river bets and you know want to call. I I ran into one the other day and I'm just like it was with tens. You know I got I was under the I was in the low jack. I raised it up with tens. I got three bet from the high jack and folds all the way back around to me. I call. Flop comes out two eight eight. He he bets out half. I call. Turns a three. He bets out half. I call. No flush. You know, no flushes on on board. River comes. It's it's like it's a brick. It's not a high card at all. He bets out three fourths pot. And I was like, and I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, gosh. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was running through my head. I'm like, this is such a great spot to bluff like if you if you have ace king king queen you know i'm obviously losing it i'm I'm losing to less hands than i than i'm beating though so on the on this board uh, yeah you know, I'm, I'm only losing to jacks jacks plus so there's i'm only losing to four hands essentially here because he he's just too capped with that with his three yeah. bet there and, I, and I'm just like I can't I can't not call here, but this is this is such a great spot. Like if he <laughs> to bluff, I I just don't think I I can fold here. So I call, and you know he has Ace King, which was great. I took it down, but he was probably one of the first. I don't know. I'm, he's one of the first guys I've played in a long time that bluffed me on the river, and you know I'm seeing hundreds of hands a di- a day, and it's just like that's. You just don't see it. You don't ever see it often. And I think that's what really good players will start to implement. I think, especially in Texas, I think once you start doing that, because if you get, you know, if you start to get the image of playing tight, I think it adds even more value to to really start to to crank that up until you get caught, honestly. Yeah, a little bit more uh, bluffing in in Texas. But it's usually pretty... It's pretty. It's it's not that. Uh, it's not usually that hard to to decipher because they don't really choose like really good hands to go about it with or or stories to tell. They just think that like, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try gonna, and bluff. I'm just gonna bomb yeah. it. Like <laughs> he can't yeah, call. Like, He's like, no, yeah. we, 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 we gotta read a hand. Like it's okay. Like, doesn't make any sense. I mean, like that satellite I played, I'd never seen so much bluffing in a satellite. Like, my <laughs> really? gosh, like we're like, yeah, like a, like there's like 119 entrants, like 29. There's so there's 29 seats. We're like 35 left, and one guy has like 15 big blinds, and he bluffs off like eight of them to big stack. He's like just like calling down. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> Getting rid of chips. Like, um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's good for hands. And then the yeah, last, last part is how the turntables. Well, 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 how the turntables. Mm, There's just, just a quick, quick section of just, just fun stuff. Just more like the light stuff that has happened, you know, in the past week of usually something poker related. Yeah. I got this one player who I usually play against and he just takes the maximum amount of time pre-flop in, in, in like his the clock just runs out every time and he just ends up folding or takes forever to call and yeah. i never understood why a part of me thought he was cheating and 
were three-handed with him on the final table. <laughs> and he just starts talking. He's like, guys, like, can't we just chop? Like, I gotta, I need some more money to buy some booze, man. I've been drinking hard. Like, I need some narcotics. My narcotics is getting low. And he is, <laughs> he is trashed, man. Like, I've never seen anyone drunk type like this. It was it was hilarious. And I, I was like, absolutely not. Like you're, I'm not. I am not jobbing with you, pal. Like not tonight. <laughs> not after all the egregious nights that you've put me through. Uh, deal with this. I was like, can't happen. He's like, come on, man. Just just one time. I was like, it's not happening, pal. I'm sorry, buddy. I can't do it. <laughs> but it was it was fun. Uh, it was fun because I thought he was kind of a jerk. Yeah, yeah. And, Nobody likes that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, this guy, this guy sucks. And uh, he, he was pretty funny. He's like, he's like, I hate when people tell me nice hand. I just feel like it's such a backhanded compliment. <laughs> and I was like, nice. I was like, nice hand. You should have told him, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a pretty fun table on on Friday that I texted you just because I was like, I, I got. I gotta write this down for the podcast. Like, <laughs> you know, we, we had, we had, we had this one one older guy who's, you know, he was, you know, pretty loose and 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 was he was talking a lot and he was, you know, you know, was like, he was he was like the he was like the good type of like old old guy that like complains to the dealer because he wasn't, you know, he was like complaining to the dealer and complaining to the table that he was, you know, losing and stuff and like, well, yeah, you're playing eighty percent of the hands. Like, what do you think's gonna happen? But, <laughs> but he was, he was, he was doing it in a, jo- a very like casual, like joking way. Like he knew what he was doing and he was just kind of talking to talk. And, right, right. uh, and so it, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. Like in, in the hand and he was like on the turn and like some guy bet out at him and he was like, he was like, he's like, man, he's like, what the fuck am I doing in this hand? And I was like, uh, I just looked over at him. I was like, you, you know, you say that a lot. <laughs> 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 there's there's this one one dealer at poker house his name is uh king and uh he's he's what he's a very good dealer and and, and uh his uh signature phrase that he says like whenever someone <laughs> whenever somebody goes all in uh he's like oh we got a jumper <laughs> <laughs> that's savage honestly <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> I don't know. That was a good one. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, yeah, that was fun. So, thanks for hanging out. Review, give us five stars. Email us with any feedback at whenthechipsaredownpodcast at gmail.com. Send in your own hand or a question you might have about poker. You can find myself at Biking19 on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You can also email Scott directly at staywildpoker at gmail.com. Coming up in episode number 14, Joe and I will link back up along with Willie and maybe a couple of new, new guests in to discuss more poker, and we'll be right in the midst of March Madness. Keep grinding, guys.